today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. I checked the stock market just about every day because I was doing so well. And I wanted to see every day how well I was doing today. I can't tell you the last time I looked at the stock market. I'm not doing so well anymore. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And now I don't have any treasure in the stock market. It's all gone, right? So my heart's not there anymore. If your treasure is in heaven, your heart and your attention will be on heaven. Are you worshiping Jesus with your whole life, or do you hold anything back? Sometimes we don't even realize that God wants to be involved in every aspect of our lives. You can have my life, God, but I'll keep control over my finances. Thank you. In his message today, Pastor Dan will challenge you to store up treasures in heaven. God wants you to be focused on Him completely, and you can't do that when you're concerned about how much money you have in your bank account. Let Him take over. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Exodus chapter 10 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Verse 8, so Moses and Aaron were brought again to Pharaoh, and he said to them, Go serve the Lord your God. Go serve Yahweh your God. And who are the ones that are going? Verse 9, and Moses said, Well, we will go with our young and our old, with our sons and our daughters, with our flocks and our herds. We will go, for we must hold a feast to Yahweh. In other words, we're taking everything with us. And then he said to them, The Lord had better be with you when I let you and your little ones go. Beware, for evil is ahead of you. Pharaoh says, you know, you want to take everything with you. He's implying here because you're bent on evil is the idea. You intend to escape and not come back. That's why you're taking everything and everyone with you. And he says in verse 11, not so. Go now, you know, you can't take everything. Go now, you who are men, and serve the Lord, for that is what you desired. And they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. So Pharaoh accuses them of, you are scheming to just escape once you get, you know, past the border. You're just going to keep going. That's why you want to take everything. I'm not going to let you do that. You can take the men with you. The men can go. But your women and children, your families, they need to stay behind. And he does this to kind of guarantee that they'll come back. The men can go, but the women and children have to stay behind to ensure the men will return. Now, this is the third compromise that Pharaoh offered to Moses and the Israelites. We talked about the first two compromises. Previously, Pharaoh said, You can go worship your God, but you've got to stay in Egypt. Next, he said, you can go, just don't go too far from Egypt. Here, with the third compromise, Pharaoh says, the men can go worship, but leave behind your women and children. And this is another compromise of Satan, that Satan will say to us and offer us. Satan will say to us, you can worship Jesus, but you don't need to bring your family. 
You can worship Jesus, but you don't need to bring your family. You can worship Jesus on your own without your family. You don't need to make God the priority for your whole family. There are some parents who say things like, well, I'll just let my children decide for themselves. I'll let my children find their own path to God. I don't want to make my kids go to church, or I don't want to make them go to worship when they don't want to go. Uh, Or sometimes parents will say, well, my kids are difficult to wake up and get out of bed on Sunday morning, so I just leave them at home instead of trying to get them up early to get them to church and That's too difficult, so I just come without them because I don't want to make them go. You wouldn't have that same attitude when it comes to your child's education. You would never say, well, I want them to decide for themselves if they'll go to school or not. Or, you know, they're tired in the morning. It's difficult to wake them up for school, so I'm just going to let them sleep. I'm not going to make them go to school. Or, my kids don't like doing homework every night. So I don't want to force them to do their homework every night. You would never do that as a parent when it comes to your child's education. Why would you have that attitude when it comes to worshiping Jesus Christ? And listen, if you're a parent, you hope to be a parent someday, listen to me. When you're on your deathbed, yes, I'm going to your deathbed. When you're on your deathbed and you have your family gathered around, if God so blesses you that you have that opportunity and you have your family there at your bedside and you are saying your goodbyes, you will not say, son, tell me your SAT score again. Daughter, tell me your grade in chemistry. Show me that honor roll certificate one more time before I go. I'm so glad I forced you to work hard in school and made you go every day and do your homework every night. When you're on your deathbed, you will want to know that your kids love Jesus and that they are saved and that they are walking with the Lord and that you will see them again in heaven. You will not care what they got on their SAT or where they went to college or what they're doing for a career, but you will want the assurance that they will join you one day in heaven. And Satan will tell us, you don't need to bring your family. You don't need to bring your family to worship with you. You don't need to bring them to church with you. You don't need to have family devotions. You don't need to make them read their Bible every day. You don't need to make them seek the Lord every day in prayer. You don't need to seek first the kingdom of God together as a family. You don't need to make Jesus preeminent in your home. You know, in Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, Joshua said, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my family, we're going to serve Jesus. And let me say to the parents and specifically to dads, dads, you need to say, as for me and our family, we will serve the Lord. That is just what we do in this house. That's just the way it is in this family. Jesus will be preeminent in this home for everyone that lives under this roof. Like it or lump it. And as long as you're living here and you're part of this family, this is what our family is going to be about. And we will follow Jesus Christ together as a family. That's just our priority. And it's not negotiable. School's not negotiable for you. Jesus shouldn't be negotiable. Verse 12. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt for the locusts, 
that they may come upon the land of Egypt and eat every herb of the land, all that the hail has left. Verse 13, so Moses stretched out his rod over the land of Egypt and the Lord brought the east wind on the land all that day and all that night. And when it was morning, the east wind brought the locusts and the locusts went up over all the land of Egypt and rested on all the territory of Egypt. They were very severe. Previously, there had been no such locusts as they, nor shall there be such after them. They've never had a plague of locusts like this before. They never will again, for they covered the face of the whole earth so that the land was darkened, and they ate every herb of the land and all the fruit of the trees which the hail had left. So there remained nothing green on the trees or on the plants of the field throughout all the land of Egypt. Remember, Egypt historically was like the breadbasket of the Middle East. Remember, Abraham went down to Egypt and Jacob and his family went down to Egypt for for food. They always had food in Egypt. Now there's nothing green left. Verse 16, Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron in haste and said, I have sinned against Yahweh your God and against you. Now therefore please forgive my sin only this once and entreat Yahweh your God that he may take away from me this death only. Now, this is not true repentance. This is like the person who is sorry when they get caught. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10 says, For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. And there it's telling us there's godly sorrow and there's the world's sorrow. And godly sorrow produces repentance where the person says, I never want to do this again. I want nothing to do with this sin again. I'm finished with it. That's godly sorrow that produces repentance. Worldly sorrow is, I don't want to suffer the consequences of what I've done, and so I'm really, really sorry that I sinned against you. Uh, But I'm trying to get out of the consequences. That's worldly sorrow. It produces death because no real change takes place. There's no real repentance. You know, as soon as they get out of the consequences or get out of the fire, they'll go back to that sin. And repeat it again. And so, verse 18. So, he went out from Pharaoh and entreated the Lord. And the Lord turned a very strong west wind, which took the locusts away and blew them into the Red Sea. And there remained not one locust in all the territory of Egypt, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. And Pharaoh did not let the children of Israel go. And now we come to the ninth plague. Remember, the third plague, the sixth plague, and the ninth plague come without warning. Moses does not go to Pharaoh and warn him what will happen. God just sends the plague. So, verse 21, Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, darkness which may even be felt. So Moses stretched out his hand toward heaven, and there was thick darkness in all the land of Egypt for three days. They did not see one another, nor did anyone rise from his place from three days. But all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. Remember, it's only affecting the Egyptians at this point. So now with this plague, God sends darkness upon the land. 
You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. Liberal Bible teachers try to explain this away as a natural phenomenon, not something supernatural. Uh, One of the explanations you might come across is that this was a sandstorm. But sandstorms do not create total darkness. Uh, Another explanation you'll find from liberal Bible teachers will be that this was an eclipse. But again, eclipses do not create total darkness, and they don't last for three days. This is total darkness. It lasts for three days. It's described as darkness you can feel. It's so dark, it says that no one even moved. That no one arose and left their house. They just stayed put where they were. Because you know what it's like when it's dark in your house and you know, you're going to trip over something. And you're very careful. It's so dark everywhere. People just are sitting put in their homes during this. There is no natural explanation for this. This is a supernatural miracle of God. That's the only explanation that fits what the text says. And let me just warn you again, beware of liberal teachers that try to explain the supernatural through just natural things or try to fit the Bible into their humanistic worldview. And that's what they're doing. And quite often they'll package it in such a way where it's like, wow, you can believe this. And they're essentially saying like, hey, you don't have to abandon your humanistic worldview to believe the Bible. Or you don't have to abandon evolution to believe the Bible. They fit together. And they're not dealing honestly with what the Bible actually says. And that will undermine your faith. That will undermine your faith with that kind of teaching. People that are trying to make the Bible say something it doesn't really say or say, you know, and fit evolution into it or fit the Bible into evolution or fit it into natural humanistic things. It's just going to undermine your faith. Now, with this ninth plague, and this is important, the supreme God of the Egyptians was the sun god named Ra. And the sun god Ra was regarded as the supreme god above all the other gods. And it was believed by the Egyptians that Ra, the sun god, was the first pharaoh or the first king of Egypt. And all the pharaohs descended from Ra. And that's why all the pharaohs are divine, because they all descended from the sun god Ra. And the true and living God, Yahweh, since three days of darkness, where you can feel the darkness and nobody's moving, nobody's getting up because it's so dark. And this three days of darkness humiliated the supreme God 
of the Egyptians. It's hard for us to know what kind of like devastating psychological effect this had on the Egyptian people to know that their supreme God was no match for the God Yahweh. And remember Pharaoh's question in chapter 5, verse 2. Who is Yahweh that I should listen to him? I don't know this Yahweh. Well, he just turned off the sun. Your supreme God, Ra. And no longer are they saying Ra, they're saying, whoa. Right? So verse 24, the Pharaoh called to Moses and said, Go, serve Yahweh. Only let your flocks and your herds be kept back. Let your little ones also go with you. This is the fourth and final compromise that Pharaoh offered to the Israelites. You can go worship Yahweh. Just don't bring your possessions with you. And Satan offers the same compromise to us. You can worship Jesus, but not with your possessions, not with your wealth, not with your resources. You leave your wealth and your resources behind. But Moses said, You must also give us sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Our livestock also shall go with us, not a hoof shall be left behind, for we must take some of them to serve the Lord our God. And even we do not know with what we must serve the Lord until we arrive there. I like that. They don't have this thing planned out. Like we just know we're supposed to go and then he's going to tell us when we get there how we're going to serve him. But here Moses says, no, we got to take everything with us. We got to take all of our livestock with us. That's part of our worship. We use our possessions as part of our worship. We got to take them with us. And for us, we worship Jesus with everything, with everything we have. We don't want to compartmentalize our life in Christ where we worship him with certain things. But then we've got these other compartments over here and the two have, have nothing to do with each other. No, we worship Jesus with everything. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus says, Store up your treasure in heaven Or you could say, worship God with your possessions, with your resources, with your wealth. He says, because where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If your investment, your treasure is invested in the things of this world, guess what? Your heart will be set on the things of this world. You know, previous to 2021, I checked the stock market just about every day because I was doing so well. And I wanted to see every day how well I was doing today. I can't tell you the last time I looked at the stock market. because I'm not doing so well anymore. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And now I don't have any treasure in the stock market. It's all gone, right? So my heart's not there anymore. If your treasure is in heaven, your heart and your attention will be on heaven. If your treasure is in things of this world, your heart and your attention and your passion will be on the things of this world. And so what does Satan do? Satan says, well, you can worship Jesus, but you don't need to store up treasure in heaven. And the reason he says that to you is because Satan doesn't want our heart on heaven. 
He wants our heart set on the things of this world. And Jesus said, you can't serve two masters. If you serve one, you're going to hate the other. And Satan wants us to have a divided heart where we're splitting our attention and splitting our focus between Jesus and the things of this world. And so he says, yeah, you can worship Jesus, but just don't store up your treasure in heaven because I don't want your heart focused there. And here Moses says, no, we got to take everything with us. Everything we own is part of the worship of our God. And so verse 27, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and he would not let them go. Look at verse 28. Then Pharaoh said to him, get away from me. Take heed to yourself, Moses, and see my face no more. For in the day you see my face, you shall die. When Pharaoh says here, take heed to yourself, he he means, the phrase means, watch yourself, or watch your step, Moses. Pharaoh is threatening Moses. Pharaoh was a prideful and defeated man, but he would never admit his defeat. Instead, he uses his authority to try to intimidate Moses. And you know, people like that, maybe you do that. I've done that before where you're just boxed into a corner and you're defeated and you know you're defeated. And so you lash out in anger or you threaten somebody. And that's what Pharaoh does here. And he says, you better watch your step, Moses. If I see you again, you're going to die. And look at what Moses said in verse 29. You have spoken well. I will never see your face again. And Moses said, peace out, you know, kind of thing. So Pharaoh threatened to kill Moses. And what ultimately will happen is God will kill all the firstborn sons of Egypt and then drown Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea. It's his pride. His pride led to his destruction. And it led to the destruction of his nation. And it led to the loss of everything. Because of his pride. And there is a warning in Pharaoh's story for all of us about pride and about hardening your heart toward God and ignoring his word and ignoring his warnings to us in his word. That's why the Bible says, harden not your heart. Today is the day of salvation. Open your heart to him. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. He wants to show grace and mercy to us. He wants to show forgiveness to us. He wants to guide us. He wants to bless us and lead us. But we can be like Pharaoh. We can harden our heart. We can close our ears. We can ignore what his word is saying. And it can lead to just ruin in our lives. So we don't want to be like Pharaoh. And we'll stop there. We'll go into chapter 11 and chapter 12 next time where we'll actually begin to get into the Passover, the first Passover together. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. With everything you could have listened to today, we're honored you chose Ring of Truth. Whether it's your first time or your hundredth time listening, we know that the Word of God brought a fresh perspective to your corner of the world. Did your faith grow with this message? Or did it leave you with questions 
If you find yourself with questions, please go to calvaryec.com to contact us so we can answer those questions. You can easily and securely fill out the form found under the Question tab. Columbia, Maryland is home base for Ring of Truth episodes, and we want you in our community. So if you're close, let's meet face-to-face. Sunday service times along with midweek service times are available on our website, calvaryec.com. Make sure to mark your calendar to come. For those of you too far away, don't be discouraged. Use our live stream to still be a part of our family. Don't leave our website without looking at the other resources we have provided to strengthen your relationship with Jesus. Before our time is up, would you consider financially donating to this ministry? There are so many more lives to touch for Christ, but we can't do it alone. If you felt a tug at your heart to support us in this way, information can be found on our website, calvaryec.com. Come again for the next edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that cry.